the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Um, Post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 4-0 defeat at Stamford Bridge uh, this lunchtime uh, at the hands of Chelsea. Um, I'm Matthew and I'm joined by my brother Luke. Luke, uh, I hesitate to ask, how are you doing? Despite the result, mate, not too bad, thank you. How are you doing? Good. You've had a curry tonight, so that's probably uh, (laughs) risen the spirits. (laughs) Curry and a bottle of wine, mate, it makes a Palace defeat a little more palatable. Well, this might make a 4 0 uh, defeat podcast a bit more interesting, and I've had a few beers as well, so uh, all good. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to all of our listeners, uh, particularly those who have uh, got in touch over the last uh, week or so uh, with feedback about the podcast. Some very nice comments uh, and also suggestions uh, for further topics of discussion. We've also got a few people who want to come on as guests as well, which is, which is uh, very, very, very good to hear. Uh, so we'll be uh, joined by uh, further uh, guest uh, speakers uh, in the coming weeks uh, as Palace's uh, Premier League season continues. Um, but let's get into it then. Um, it's a 4-0 uh, defeat. It's um, probably could have been more than four, actually, to be fair, with some of the chances towards the end of the game. Um, Luke, f- from your taking of it, is 4-0 a fair result, do you think? Very bad day at the office, I'd say, Matthew. Um, Palace really offered no attacking impetus at all. Really, I, I, I thought throughout the game. I, I don't, I don't know. Did we register a shot on target at the end? I don't, I don't know if we did. Uh, to, to, to sort of don another cliche, it was a game of two halves. In the first half, I thought we, we were okay. I don't think Chelsea were up to much, and it, it seemed like Chelsea had a bit of a rocket half time and came out all guns blazing. The first goal changes the the, the direction of the game, doesn't it? And I said to you after the second one, Gwynne, that that's it. And it's, it's just a shame, I think, when Palace were being so resolute to give a goal away in the in the manner that they did for, for Mamadou Saka, uh, air swipe, no, stud swipe, whatever you want to call it, which which then led to the goal. I mean, you could argue Czech Kurutay as well, perhaps could have done better in the in the, the flick on from Abraham. I think actually Kurutay hit flicked on, didn't they? Um, and then Chilwell was there to, to mop up the pieces. So, and that, and that just yeah, it changed the direction of the game. And after that, Palace never looked like it back into the game because they never really offered anything at all, attacking-wise. And unfortunately, I think it's a little bit of a damning indictment on Roy Hodgson's opinion of Christian Benteke when uh, he's our, our, our striker who's on the bench, doesn't even get on the pitch when we're 4-0 down. It kind of felt like the first half, um, it felt like we were trying to hang on and, and, and sort of grab something at the other end. It was my kind of taking on it. And and I think Chelsea were, you know, not with a pulley punches, they're the better team by far in the first half mm. alone. They didn't score, but I think they were still the better team. Um, the possession is obviously um, always one that people look at, but it's a bit of a... Um, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's only one slant of the view, isn't it? Um, with regards to how a game pans out, particularly where Palace, who, you know, are happy to, to sit and let teams have the ball. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll press and we'll, we'll look to catch on the counter-attack. And, you know, that's what we're set up to do. I guess for me, the frustration, I mean, you, you touched on it um, in terms of the second goal, but for me, the, the slight frustration with today um, was that we didn't then seem to give it a go. I would like to 2 nil down for us to sort of come out, um, shackles come off and, and, and just giving it a go. And if it's 3-0, uh, it's 3-0, but at least we've kind of gone down fighting, if you like. And it, it just felt a little bit flat for me today. 
Um, I mean, we did, we did get to half time, and it was was nil nil at half time. And, and I've touched on Chelsea, the, the the better team. Would would you kind of agree with that? No, I, I would. No, I've got a question to you because I mean, something I've been thinking about over the last few games is that, I mean, look, last season was a miraculous performance from Jordan Ayew up until to March or lockdown. And he, I think he even scored, didn't he, in the Bournemouth game, uh, first game back, didn't he? I, I netted one, didn't he? Um, but he, he's not, I mean, I appreciate what, three games in, four games in now? Four games in, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and he's not, obviously he's not scored, but he's not, con- I don't feel he's contributed as much as he, he used he used to. Um, and you, you sort of have to worry, wonder is, do Palace need to invest in, in, in the striking area, given the fact that when Michi Batshuayi was out of the team today, obviously because he can't play against his parent club, we're there for Christian Benteke on the bench and he doesn't come on. We haven't really got any other options, really, have we, um, that can come on and, and change change the game. So I don't think this Ben Rama thing's going to happen, but I, I wonder if Palace are going to have a last-minute dash before five o'clock on Monday is it? Um, and I appreciate there's a domestic only window then, so the Ben Rama deal could take place after that. But um, yeah, I, I think balance. Obviously, we, we we try to do balance on this podcast. We've had a very good start to the season. This is the only game which I felt that we weren't very good. This this felt a little bit like the the project restart form, didn't it? A little bit, uh, especially in the second half. I'm trying to sort of think about sort of positive to, to bring from the game. Obviously, as they got another. Another large chunk of Premier League minutes under his belt when he gets 70 minutes or something like that but he looks pretty there was a couple of moments he had where he tried to flick the ball across the ward and it didn't quite work out and he looked bright but um, yeah Wilf I don't think broke a sweat did he? I think there were positives to take from it. So, you know, we, like you said, we do try to hang on to the positives on this podcast. We always try to, to look at what we can take from it. And I think for me today, um, there are a few things. I thought Tyrant Mitchell probably had his best game um, of the season. Yeah. Um, I thought he was, he was very, very good. He did really well. Um, and, and, you know, despite coming up against, oh, who was it who was up against? Um, Hudson Who's sorry? Hudson Adoy. It might have been whoever the right winger winger was. I mean, yeah, sorry, I can't I can't remember, but I remember thinking um, a point in the game. You know, he he was doing really really well. Um, so I thought he had a good game. Um, I thought too. Uh, Jim Max, uh, MacArthur and McCarthy were, were solid again. Um, I, 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 I like 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 you're saying. I think the disappointing um, maybe areas were uh, more so from the attacking perspective. Oh, Wolsey had another good game actually, another solid game. But yeah. from an attacking perspective, and I guess to be fair, these these lads didn't really get much of a look in because we were, uh, you know, uh, chasing the game somewhat, uh, chasing the ball uh, for large portions of the game. So you know, I think Wilf had. Um, a very quiet game. And I, I said to you, we watched the game together, didn't want to tell you. And I, I said to you, when we were watching, I said, I don't like Wilf up front in a two. I don't, um, which I felt was what they were playing today. Um, I feel he, we're not using the best of his ability to go at uh, full backs, his ability to, to get on the ball and carry the ball and bring us up the other end of the pitch. Um, I just feel that in a game, particularly like today, he is much better suited out wide because otherwise it's going to be, you know, he very rarely gets the ball because we're back in our half and um, defending for the majority of the game with the opposition having the ball. For well, most that's of the issue, isn't it? I guess, isn't it? It's the fact that any attacker in, in a game like today is going to be isolated. So, Wilfred Zahar up front, same as Jordan Ayew, was, was isolated. Um, so in that case, though, in that case, they play to your strengths, right? We know that we're not going to have much of the ball. We know that we're there to make maybe it's a bit of smash and grab if that was a tactic. It certainly felt like that was the only way we were going to get um, a goal in that game. 
And I think in that case, you know, stick him on the wing. You know, why stick him up front? And that's that's the one thing for me today. It's that I don't feel feel that if we were set up to soak up the pressure to catch him on the break, I didn't feel tactically, formation-wise anyway, that that was the way we were, we were, we were established. And I think, you know, for, for the likes of Wilf to be up there in a two, where he's not going to get a look in, he's not going to get the ball, stick one up front, play three, uh, mm. have the two wingers and, and, and put him up front and on, on uh, put Ayu up front on his own or Ben Taker, whoever it needs to be. But and the outlet needs to be there. But I, I just didn't feel that was where we were set up today. And that, that, as I say, that was my disappointment that we we didn't really seem to give it a go even when we were a couple of goals behind. Um, but I think the, also the second disappointment was we didn't really change, change things up in that respect, despite, you know, we've waxed lyrical on this podcast this season about us having opportunities to change up from the bench. Yeah, I guess that the, the, also the concern for me is that, especially for the second goal, the Zuma header, it's almost, I think that that exact scenario, albeit from a corner where Zuma won it, and I think it just, just cut it just why happened like two minutes or three minutes before the actual goal. So you would have hoped that they would have seen that, all right, okay, we need to beat this man in the air. He's obviously strong, so stick one, stick two on him if you have to, you know what I mean, just, just to stop him from jumping. Uh, and obviously that didn't happen. He won, great, great header, great goal, to be fair, second goal. Um, and then the third is is Tarek's um, trip that I've seen some people argue that oh he didn't actually touch him he's, he's going down before he did well, I, I think fair enough um, that, that if it's given the, if it's the other way you want that and Sacco's one is just a heavy touch and then he's trying to recover and absolutely clips his man doesn't he and you have to wonder with Gary Cahill coming back into it with Kelly being on the bench and his performance last season and the fact that we've now got an international break in between. Um, for the Brighton game, are we going to see a different centre-back pairing, Coyote and, you know, if Scott Down doesn't leave us, maybe, maybe someone else come back into there. So this, Gary this, is, this is, again, another positive to hang on to from today is that we do have players coming back. You hope we don't have players who are, um, are injured uh, either from this game or indeed from the international break. But, you know, Roy's never going to change the team up till now. You know, OK, we lost last weekend, but, you know, we were very, very pleased with the performance last weekend. I think we probably were uh, you know, probably unlucky not to, to, to nab something out of the game. And, you know, the, the penalty decision went, to get, went against us, whereas the week before it went for us. Um, so I think, you know, the, 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 the two wins and then the defeat last week, I, I don't think Roy was in a, not, not in a position, but he wouldn't have been justified to change the team. Whereas now, uh, losing 4-0, there, there is justification clearly to change the lineup, and I, and I think, I think we will see Sacco um, drop out. You know, he made number of errors today. Um, yeah. well, he, two, um, two, both both led the goals, but there there were other moments when it was you know very very uh, fine margins. Um, there was one when he pulled it off, but you know if the bloke was two centimeters to the other side of him, it's um, it's through on gold again. So. I, I, I do think that Roy now in position to make the changes. I would, I would change the centre back pairing. To be honest with you, I don't. I think Coyote would be much better suited. I know he's done a fine job, but I think he's much better suited in the middle of the park. I, I, I do. Um, I would personally put Kelly in, and um, yes, if Kale's back, then fantastic. That would be my centre back pairing. Those two. Um, you also then wonder if Roy might make some changes further up the field. I think your point about IU is interesting because. Um, I don't think he has been that involved this season, um, despite some positive uh, performances from the team. So, and to your point a minute ago about do I think they might look to buy someone? I do. I think that's the area, and I think, but I think it will be someone who isn't necessarily a, you know, fifty million pound finished article. I think it'll be someone who they see potential in, 
And whether it's the chap from Brentford or, or someone from abroad who, you know, there's a bit of a risk there. But I think with Benteke, what he did, it must be his last year, right, this year? Yeah. With the same? Extension. Yeah. Um, right. I think so, yeah. And, but what's quite interesting, actually, is that Conor Wickham was actually in the training videos this week at Palace, um, but obviously not, not, not featured at all. So he's obviously fit enough to be training, but I don't think he's in, he's in the first-team plans. And I, I'd imagine, given what happened last season, he's probably looking at another loan to the Championship. Hopefully, Palace will go home with, with an option to buy, really. Um, this is the thing, though, isn't it? That, you know, so Benteke last year, um, obviously not really fancied by Roy as a starter. Uh, uh, Wickham on the way out, it seems, um, and yeah. probably not not fancy, but the best of bench. You know, IU yeah. had a really good year last year. Worked worked his socks off the year before that for us to get the deal. Um, and I, I still, I'm not suggesting that he is um, by any means not uh, not not a starter. I think it's just if you look at competition for those places. And again, I don't. I know Roy and others talk about Wolf as a striker. I don't see him as a striker. I really don't. But so I just think I just think natural. Uh, strikers, there's limited options. I think we might see the introduction of Mitchie Batshuayi against Brighton. He might appear up front with Walker yeah. Sahar, and then you've got Eze and, and, and Andros Townsend, and yeah, maybe maybe Gary Cahill coming into pass for Czech I, I don't think you can take. I mean, because Roy was asked this question in his pre-match press conference this week on Friday lunchtime. You know that it's a dilemma for him because does he, he's got a decision now to make whether to take him out uh, of, of defence and put him in midfield. Um, or you know the bloke's been doing so well that it's it's carrying on let him, let him do what he's what he's doing so well so it, it, it's it's yeah nice to have those problems but yeah I, I do wonder with all these transfers was it Leal or Leon what were we interested in apparently interested in Saka for twelve million I think given that sort of money and how much longer he's got this his contract and the amount of money that he earns that that, that any sort of bid for him might be quite attractive to Palace um, rather than losing him for for nothing. Um, at the end of the season, or is it next season? I can't quite. I think it might be the end of the season, actually. I just think, given the wages, wages apparently on as well, yeah. I think that any sort of money on that that area would be a positive move for them. And, it, and it's not as if we don't have backup options, you know, Scott, Dan, Tompkins, as well as Coyote and Kelly. You know, we are pretty strong in that in that area. Um, you and I talked about Klein and whether they will sign him. I, I think that would be a good. A good move to do so, even if it's not a first team place, but it's competition and a backup and gives us deeper coverage in that respect. Um, central midfield and, and sort of wing wise, with Eze coming, I think we're in a positive place now. I just think, yeah, if I look at it in terms of you know, real challenging for a first team place, striker seems to be the place that they, they mm. you know, would need to invest in. And um, it will be nice to see, to see that happen, whether that will or not. You know, it's the Palace way, I think. One interesting thing for me is whether whether Luke gets back in the team now, and that is a thing a change I think definitely will happen. Um, I think it will be interesting to see what happens with um, whether one on the Macar the Dewey Max goes um, as part of that. But yeah, like we're saying, I think now is Roy's opportunity, and in some ways, today in some ways was a free hit. Um, in the sense, you didn't expect to get anything, did you? Really, you know, um, they were they were back at home, and okay, people talk crowds, but they were back at home today. Um, after you know finishing the game against West Brom strongly, and could, they could have won that game indeed, couldn't they? Um, yeah, there was there, there was a bit, wasn't there, about pre-match around. Obviously, Lampard is his first full season in, in the job. He's been given money a lot of money. Was it two hundred and thirty million? I think in, in total to spend oh, yeah. in the summer. Um, I, I, I must admit, I'm not privy. I, I don't really pay that much attention to how Chelsea run their their clubs. I don't know if they've got a director of football doing stuff as well, but I assume that. 
Lampard would have involved to, to some extent anyway in some of the signings. Um, so he, he's under. He, he, it seems silly to say after three games prior to this, but he was under a bit of pressure, or, or the pressure was mounted as it were, given a poor start. So Chelsea needed a result. Um, I think that maybe heightened expectations uh, slightly, but Palace sort of thought, oh, hang on, we've got a bit of a chance here, but with, with the run that Chelsea had been on and all this media nonsense, which is going on about Frank Lampard after three games. But yeah, uh, it's hard, hard, hard to, to, to sound positive about no attacking impetus in the game. But um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to look at games, as I guess, as blocks of games rather than individual ones. And we've had what, four now, and you think about the next four, which are, which are quite winnable games. And I think every Palace fan or most Palace fans would have be pleased with the points total after after four games. Yeah, and I think to be to be we were in the league as well, you know, still looks good. Where are we? Where are we in the league? Uh, I, I looked... saw it earlier, we were eighth or ninth when they flashed it up after our game, but I say mm-hmm. no, that might have changed since the um since the games this afternoon. I just think that, you know, we, yeah, like you say, we've we're ninth, ninth at the minute. Living a dream, though. Living a dream at ninth. Well, we've we've played also. You know, we've played teams who you know you expect to be at the top of the table as well. Um, uh, particularly around the um, the Everton sort of world, and they won again today, didn't they? As well, they're, they're going great guns. So, mm. you know, Chelsea, Chelsea are fourth now as well after their game. So, you know, it's not been a, not been an easy start, but we performed well and got some good results. I think, um, like we're saying, the international break is now an opportunity to to reset things and to come back. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I think it's our next game on a Sunday. I think it is, isn't it? I think it's Brian on Sunday. Game, isn't it? It's, it got moved to move to. I think an early kickoff on Sunday. Is it twelve thirty on, on? Yeah, the right. Seventeenth, eighteenth, it would be. I think eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a bit of a break now for the players. Chance for Roy to rethink things and to look at what he's um, he's got at his disposal. And, and yeah, like, like we said, who knows? There might be a couple of outs and maybe hopefully, uh, hopefully one in as well. Um, in that respect as well. Uh, and you know, trying to stay positive. Today was one of those games where you look, you'd look at it on paper and say, you know, you write it off, anything's positive. I think for me, like I say, the disappointments, you know, we didn't give it, give it a go and didn't change things up. Maybe we weren't set up for how I'd expect us to in that respect. But also the, the, other, the other, I guess, thing is that, that 4-0, uh, okay, we were well, well and truly beaten today, but 4-0, two penalties as well. Mm. Um, and they weren't sort of one-on-one penalties where the keeper sort of took the blow out, took out, and it was like, you know, a direct goal score opportunity. So definitely would have been 4-0 otherwise. You know, they were cock-ups, you know, silly fouls and things. Um, so, yeah, you know, it could have well been 2-0. And we could be saying, well, 2-0 away at Chelsea wasn't such a bad result. It's two penalties what? change it, so. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if the word is flattened. Uh, Chelsea. I don't think the, the, the result no. flattened Chelsea, but I, I don't think it was a four-nil game uh, in that sense. In the sense that Chelsea turned up and very good for the second half, Palace were very bad for the second half. Yeah, on to the next one, I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember. Um, I don't remember lots of opportunities for Chelsea. I remember that they had lots of the ball, but I don't remember. I don't remember you know Gaeta being here and then everywhere. I remember a few saves, but I don't remember you know lots and lots of. Yeah, they, they, they weren't sort of. Uh, you know, peppering our our goal with opportunities. So I think you know there is a there is some um, sort of taking that respect as well. There, as you say, yeah. on, onwards and upwards, and we look to move forward. And um, you know, maybe now see some changes as well. I think maybe um, the, the the best conclusion I can draw of it is the fact that I went to a, a Southern Counties East Football League game and I saw a South London derby between uh, Crystal Palace and Fisher FC today. And I much more enjoyed that game than I did watching the Palace Chelsea game. I must admit, and that was a two-one win for Beckenham Town. 
one nil down at half time after a great solo goal, but then um, scored shortly after after half time, and then uh, it was a 90th minute penalty which won it. Drama galore, mate. And I sat there with a, with a, a John Smiths under the cover as the rain came down. So it was it was it was that was quite nice. And um, yeah, it, I tell you what, I saw the first three goals today. I saw the first goal today that I've seen since the 7th of March this year when Jordan Ayew scored against Watford. That's that's live. I'm counting goals. That's crazy, isn't it? What's the date today? The 3rd of October? October, it's ridiculous yeah. to, yeah. to go that long without seeing a live goal. And it, it was it was actually really nice to be back at a game of football. There wasn't, I think there's probably about 100 people there, maybe 110 people there. Fisher bought a few. But it was, it was um, an enjoyable experience, I would say, especially with the international break coming up. I'd encourage people to go and support your local team because they need it now more than ever. Uh, but you can often sort of, you know, even if people are feeling anxious about um, the situation and being in, in crowds and this sort of thing at the moment at non-league games, unless you're at Dulwich Hamlet, uh, <laughs> I think most of the time you can um, keep your distance from everyone else. And I, I had sort of six seats around me completely empty and there were people standing around. So, um, yeah, a big shout out to the local team. Look them up and um, go and watch them next weekend. Yeah, I think it's a really nice, nice thing to have to do, isn't it? And like you say, if you still can do it in a safe and comfortable way, um, which obviously, you know, is, is absolute paramount importance at the minute. Um, it doesn't look like we're getting back to any sort of football games, does it, until, well, at least the new year at this rate. Um, yeah, so, you know, that, that, yeah, so that kind of interaction um, is, 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 is great to have. And, um, yeah, you know, supporting the local clubs as well. Um, it's an important thing to do you know football is football and you know we spend a lot of time talking about the top teams but um, a lot of us will have teams more locally to us just touching also on um, sort of attendance at games I, I saw SBR uh, they'd won today I think 2-2 mate in the end 2-2 it was, it was, it was oh. a, a 81st minute equaliser I think from Vinyarsson oh. the, the, the Icelandic number 9 the 6 foot 4 round maybe it's second or third goal of the season uh, it was top of the table clash it was first versus second I mean, it's Viable. Um, so SBR sitting second now with 13 points. Viable above them with 14. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was. I I, I caught the last uh, 10 minutes or so. So I was lucky enough to see Vinyarsson's goal. And yeah, I think that, that, that from speaking to Anders and Jan, big shout out to Anders and Jan for listening. Um, we need to do another Danish pod soon. Like we did on last month. I think that we August was the last time we did one. So we need to do another one soon. They've they've been saying that. You know, whilst SBO have been getting results and four wins out of six, one draw, one defeat, performance have not been too great. So that's something they'd like to see improve. And yeah, hopefully when all this dies down, we'll be able to get out there again, have a few beers and, and do a, a bit of a journey podcast as we always enjoy doing, Matthew. Absolutely. I mean, I see they, they've, they've um, got fans in the stadium now, albeit very, very small numbers. I saw that the kind of the... Um, Fanatics in a corner, and they had a number in the um, the sort of is it the, it's not the Blue Water stand, is it? But the stand with the Blue Water Arena sort of labeling on the um, mm. on the seats. Yeah. So you know, um, positive in that respect, and and like you say, you know, good that they are second in the league, despite yet to turn turn it on really, turn the style on. So that that's that's you know a positive thing to to hear, and a good good place to be. So long long way to continue, and almost that was for SBO as well. Um, yeah, Luke, nice nice quite... to see fans back, fans back in the big stadiums as well, brother. So I watched a bit of Bundesliga earlier. I, I thought I turned on at half-time to see Red Bull Leipzig, because I wonder if Saul was playing. He, he was on the bench. Right? I don't know if he came on the end. Uh, they were three and a half at half-time against Schalke, so I didn't really feel like watching the game for one. I thought, this is a bit of a dead game. I don't really fancy watching that. It's done. It's done already. <laughs> I'll probably check the result now and see that uh, it was 3-3 three, three or something. I probably should do that, actually, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> but they had an interesting... 4-0. Uh, okay, in the end. There you go. 
Um, I don't know if Silva got on. They had an interesting bit where you could see, because obviously Leipzig have got a, a large stadium and they created almost pockets or bubbles of people. You could see they had space around them. So obviously family or friends that had the opportunity to go to the games. And I don't, I mean, I don't want to get too political and I don't know what the the, the, sort of the, the numbers are in, in Germany, but you'd like to think that that's a ray of hope for us as Palace fans, hoping to, to go and see our club again in the flesh. That, that if, if Germany can do it, and I appreciate it, it's to do with infrastructure as well. I mean, I think that's probably one thing that will hold Palace down, back is, is the fact that, you know, the Arthur Way has got very small concourse and all other parts of the stadium, you know, it's difficult to, 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 to maintain the sort of distance from people. But, you know, if they're doing it in Germany and they're doing it in France to an extent, they're doing it in Spain, you've got to hope that we're, we're not on the list, don't you? Um, cling on to that ray of hope, mate. Um, and we'll get there in the end, I'm sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think despite the current sort of conditions, um, like like you say, there is there is um, there is progress to be seen, and um, you know there are smart and sensible ways of getting back to normality over time. It has to be done in a smart and sensible way, but there are opportunities there. And I think you know you look at you look at uh, like you say look at the Danish model and look at how Germany is also building up their um, attendance at games. It's, it's good. It's being done in a in a gradual mm. manner. Um, and safety being paramount, obviously, um, you know, and I don't think anyone would like to get back to a game before it is sensible and safe to do so. So I think, you know, yeah. we maintain that focus. Uh, very fortunate that we are able to watch our team on telly. Um, you know, if you're if you're not able to, um, because you know you're not in the top leagues and you don't have that luxury. And I think we're very very lucky uh, for that. Very lucky. Palace have been such a sustained team now in the top flight. Um, certainly hasn't been the case for our. Uh, lifetimes, most of our time following mm. Palace, so very lucky in that respect. And you have to have to remember that at these times. I think, I think there is um, an I follow uh, system that for, for football league clubs where they can um, watch the games. I'm not quite sure how it works, um, but what interests me is I only found out a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week through the the Leighton Orient Tottenham game? Tottenham pay for the testing. The EFL clubs now don't have mandatory testing like Premier League clubs do. So I think Premier League clubs are still twice a week, or at least once a week. EFL clubs don't have that. And I, 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 that thought ran through my mind when I went to watch Beckham Town earlier, obviously way, way, way down the pyramid. But these are just blokes who, 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 who you know, for the love of the game, are, are playing football and potentially in a, in, a, in, a, in a dangerous situation, but the club needs to, to, to push on so, and, and to open its gates and, and have income coming in, um, which you know, football league clubs are through... Um, this iFlow system but obviously it's not as much as you get through gate receipts I mean you look at a club like Sunderland uh, I was speaking with Lee Usher and uh, you know he was saying that you know normally they get well last season I think they were getting 25 20 to 30,000 people a week can you imagine that what that is gate receipts you just take that away completely and the TV money we know isn't as much further down the table so yeah um, if you can support your local team or if you can't go to the game if you, if you can do it for another way, then, then then please do so because it's all part of the pyramid, isn't it? I went to see a very low low part of the pyramid today. I'm not quite sure about the, uh, the construction of pyramids. I don't know about the, too much of the details. I know they're a triangle, but I'm sure if you take away the bottom of the pyramid, the rest of it falls down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, look, Luke, you know, we've, we've touched on a few different matters today. Uh, and that's probably... Uh, <laughs> lastly because we don't talk too much about the game today so uh, it's probably a good thing think, to do I think we did well to get half hour this mate <laughs> let's wrap it up there let's wrap it up there um, look everyone uh, listening thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to, to check in and, and listen to the pod today um, hopefully it's been a little bit more uh, 
of a broad range of discussion other than four goals against the mighty uh, CPFC. Uh, but thank you for taking the time to listen. Thanks for joining us. Please do keep dropping us your messages, feedback, suggestions. Uh, we really do appreciate and welcome it. Six Points of Podcast um, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll, of course, be promoting this pod as part of it. Uh, but please do feel free to use those lines to, to get in contact, get in touch. Um, we really do appreciate you listening and also your feedback and contact. Um, Luke, thanks very much. Uh, great to talk to you, as always. Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure on a Saturday evening after a curry and a bottle of wine and uh, seeing you swaying in, the, uh, in, in, in my iPad is always enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> great to be swaying I wish I was this in uh, look take care everyone uh, thanks for listening and as always up the palace up the palace the six pointer podcast uh-huh.